Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really just kind of exciting podcast to talk about. We're going to be discussing the the two Auburn games that kind of clinched up the SEC regular season, starting with a road game, road overtime win against Mississippi State in Starkville, and then coming home, winning at home against South Carolina. So, Wheeler, why don't you just start it off with kind of giving us your overview of that Mississippi State game, just from, you know, the... The, the hot start to kind of the slow middle and then the, the really hot finish in overtime. Just kind of take us through your emotions throughout that uh, that whole game. Yeah, so I thought that the Mississippi State game was exactly the type of game that we had talked about the team needing to kind of get into that tournament mode because you saw with the, the hot start, I don't think that if they had won the game – you know, by 20 or 30 because they just had a really hot game that that would have done much for their confidence. Um, Because at the end of the day, you're playing a basketball team. It's honestly not that good. And having one hot night doesn't necessarily translate or build the team's character in any way. Um, But kind of going on the road, uh, it's always tough to win on the road. Having a game where you start really hot, you score – what nine points in the next like 15 minutes of the game end up scoring one less point in the five minute overtime than you did in the 20 minute second half um just an abysmal second half kind of looked like the team that we've been seeing for the past couple games that really had us hitting the panic button um but man that overtime performance was the kind of thing it really i think when we were leaving the arena we were saying that was the kind of performance that reminded us of the Georgia performance that got the final four team, you know, rocking and rolling. So having a character building win, finally winning an overtime game, I think really helped the team's morale. I think winning a partial SEC championship kind of got that monkey off their back that they weren't going to let it slip completely. Um, So Mississippi state was a really good game. South Carolina, that game went about exactly as I thought it would. Um, I thought we were the better team. I thought it would be more competitive than the first time. The first time, I almost feel like South Carolina knew that we were a lot better than they were, and they kind of gave up. You know, not as much was on the line in that game. Frank Martin had not really gotten his guys to buy in all the way yet. And uh, that was really the difference in this game and the first game, in my opinion, is that South Carolina didn't just kind of roll over in the second half. They kept fighting back. Um, I guess they got it close, but it was never too close. It always felt like we were going to win the game, and it was just like a nagging thing that we couldn't just enjoy the celebration for the entire second half. But, again, that's a solid team. They wanted with everything inside of them to go 
and knock us off of the, you know, sole championship line. And I think you saw the importance or the difficulty in doing that with the North Carolina Duke game later in the night. Like when you have a special thing happening in your arena, that fires the other team up. Like they want to do everything in their power and they're going to go a little bit harder to try and make sure that they ruin whatever that special thing is. So the ability to go and celebrate a total SEC championship um, not shared with anybody was something that South Carolina definitely wanted to ruin, uh, but they weren't able to. I thought that even what you saw what they were doing to Preston Cook and Chase Masdorf at the end of the game where they were kind of being a little ticky-tacky and just pressing them into the corner showed that South Carolina just wasn't going to give up, and they hit some big buckets that were honestly contested very well. Like, I wasn't complaining with the defensive effort in the second half. It's just South Carolina started draining some buckets with a dude's hand in their face. You know, like, sometimes that happens, and that's basketball, and you don't blow every team out just because you're good. There are a lot of games where you're going to have a – I mean, when you're playing a good team, and you end up winning by 10 to 12, but a 10 to 12-point win is not necessarily a blowout, you know? I mean, that team still can make a run and make it a single-digit game, and so – that was kind of what happened, but I was excited. I feel a lot better about the team after this week. Um, they kind of showed me what we needed to see, in my opinion, of fighting through adversity, getting a win, having another tough situation, going out there, having effort, energy, um, and showing that they kind of understand what March is all about. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, that was something that we both knew that this team was capable of, but were kind of kind of wondering when it was going to happen for this group. Uh, but I definitely, you know, it, it was nice to see, you know, especially against especially against South Carolina, I thought, was just seeing how Jabari kind of we, – we went back to how we were earlier in the season where Jabari got 21 within the flow of the offense, you know. And it wasn't as much – you know, against Mississippi State, we still kind of had the give him the ball, get out of the way, let him do his thing. And Jabari can score in that way. I mean, the, the – the question is not how he can perform in that environment. It's how the rest of the team can adapt to that. And I think that, you know, we've seen kind of in the past few games that just because Jabari is having 25 to 30 points doesn't mean that the rest of the team can really operate in that type of offense. So I was encouraged to see against South Carolina. It, it looked more like one of Jabari's good games from earlier in the season compared to his just absolutely dominating stretch uh, at the end of the season. With that being said, I mean, Jabari Smith is just really turning it on at the, at the end of the season. He's averaging like – I think he's averaging like 25, 26 in like the past six or seven games. Like, that's insane. That's the kind of stuff that – you know, you look at a lot of these – a lot of the national championship teams, you know, specifically those UConn teams with Kimba Walker, and you're just like, man, like – Kimba willed that team to win a championship and he willed that team throughout March. And that's the kind of thing where Jabari could do that, you know, and we could look back on this team and be like, okay, Jabari willed this team to wins. And so it's exciting to see a guy who can just take over games. And, you know, it's exciting to see that Auburn kind of has a guy where it's just like point blank. He's better than everyone on the court and that'll show. So I thought that was really, uh, really good to see Katie Johnson getting hot again is really covering up for Wendell, still kind of slowly coming back. You know, Wendell against South Carolina was better than him against Mississippi State. But, you know, 
if KD doesn't have the games that he has, we're not having the same conversation. We'd be having the same conversation that we had against Florida, where against Florida and Tennessee, where the guards were the problem. But the fact that KD can get back in the scoring column like he was earlier in the season is encouraging that we can look good and beat a decent team with Wendell still not playing well. Now, you still see Walker still has not been the offensive force that he was earlier in the season when Wendell was at his hottest. But also, and this kind of segues into our next topic, how concerned are you with Walker's shoulder injury? He's been pretty, uh, you know, Auburn as a team only has seven blocks in the past two games after averaging just around eight to nine per game over the season. So do you think that Walker's injury is really slowing him down physically? Do you think it's more of a mental thing about him? And how do you think it's really affecting how the team plays that inside defense? I will say I thought that Walker looked less like he was guarding the shoulder on Saturday's game, which was super encouraging to me. Um, So based off of the brace that he's wearing, it looks like he might have a torn labrum. Um, and then with that, you know, kind of the the torn labrum is not as much the painful problem as the subluxation of the shoulder is. So he could potentially have had a torn labrum coming into Auburn and the shoulder had not subluxed or dislocated. Um, it could have happened, you know, he had that weird fall in the game the other day. That could have been just like a slight, you know, you don't just to sublux your shoulder, you know, your shoulder's a ball and socket joint and it can stretch the fibers of the capsule and not come all the way out so that's why you know he doesn't necessarily have the trainer going over there and popping his shoulder back into place or whatever like he could have had a slight one where the shoulder joint just kind of separated a little bit and that would be painful and would put him at risk for further dislocation down the road but if that's all that happened then He's probably just rehabbing. He's going to wear the braces of precaution, and it'll get stronger and stronger. And hopefully by the SEC tournament and probably by the NCAA tournament, he'll be back to full strength, assuming he doesn't have a setback with that. So the Walker shoulder injury uh, was more concerning to me till I saw his ability to not guard it as much in the second game. I also thought that in the second, the uh, South Carolina game, the lack of blocks look to me and this could just be you know a wrong take but I really think we were getting killed on the boards in Mississippi State game all we went on and on about how bad we were getting killed on the boards the week before that and I think part of the reason we were getting killed so bad on the boards was everybody was going for the block every single time and if you got the block it was awesome and we got the block a lot but on the games where we weren't blocking shots and everybody goes for the block you are leaving the rebound for the other team to get um and so i think bruce may have made a slight adjustment and said look go for the block if you get it but let's not try and get a block on every single possession if it's not there because sometimes like they're college basketball players they're going to miss their shot a good bit of the time i mean play defense and redirect but when the whole defense collapses down and nobody's boxing out like That'll kill you on the boards. So I think that was more of an adjustment by Bruce on trying to not get destroyed on the rebounding than it was an injury to Walker. Um, Because I thought you saw even Dylan didn't seem as aggressive in the South Carolina game with his blocks. It looked like they had gotten onto him and said, look, rebounds are just as important as blocks. Because if you, even if you get a block, if you don't get the rebound, it really doesn't matter. Like they still scored the points. So 
I think that was more of an adjustment than an injury to Walker. And he has the ability with his size to kind of do both when he's at full strength. And I would expect having just about a week off, assuming no setback and assuming that's what his injury is, um, he should be feeling a whole lot better uh, by the tournament. So I'm not as concerned about the block situation. We also were not playing really teams that you were going to go block a lot. You know, the the style of play that you were watching was not not blocking ability. And I think that Auburn has the reputation now that even if you're not going for the block, like everybody has the scouting report. Everybody knows you have the capability to do it. And so it's in their head. Like they're going to be taking some – there were some shots that were taken, especially in the Mississippi State game, where guys had easy layups. And, I mean, they're going like reverse under the – under the hoop, like spinning it off the backboard when they didn't have to. So it's in their head. It's on the scouting report. And I think that's kind of where Bruce was like, all right, let's go for the rebounds. Because even if you run towards them, like they can't, they have to make a decision before they leave the ground. What am I going to do with this ball? What move am I going to execute going to the basket? And if you just look like you're going to go for the block, a lot of times they'll do a really difficult shot and a lot of times miss. So, yeah. I'm really not that concerned about that. I I agree with you. I think that Jabari has been great, and he needs somebody to take a little bit of the pressure off, and KD Johnson has really stepped up and gone back to driving. That's the thing. KD, he's almost like a three-point shooter, but with driving as to like his percentages. like He has some games where he's making everything or getting fouled, and he has some where, I mean, it's a wide-open layup, and he's just missing it. So... what was it Tennessee that we had back to maybe not back to back but we had two just wide open layups that we missed and ended up turning the ball over so like I said if they can just make their layups and they can just get a couple of rebounds and not just have these crazy off nights but even in the South Carolina game it wasn't as bad as the streak that happened in the Mississippi State game in the second half but there was like a five or six minute time where we didn't score any field goals and Auburn just goes on these cold streaks that I don't understand because there there's also the hot streak where like we scored 20 points in overtime. Like how do you score 20 points in overtime? That's insane. But then at the same time you have the second half and you score 21 points in the second half. They're just wildly inconsistent. And I think that's what the team is going to be. And I think you hope that if they have an inconsistent game in the tournament, that it happens in the first round because you're still going to beat one of those teams. Um, I mean, you look back and who the people that are projecting a Cinderella to be, it's like Loyola Chicago. Well, Auburn took care of business of Loyola Chicago fairly easily down in the Bahamas. I mean, that was the first game that Auburn was really in control of and just kind of dominated. Um, And our team is built to not get upset by a Cinderella. Like, because most Cinderella teams are not going to have guys that can match the size of Walker and Dylan and Jabari. Like, they're going to be undersized and they're going to be shooters. Well, our defense is really, really good, and we're going to kill them on the offensive board, most likely if you play a Cinderella. So I'm back on the excited for the tournament train. This week has got me feeling good. Uh, SEC tournament. Obviously, it's important, love to win it, but I'm not going to get down on the team if they have, you know, just a total egg of a game in one of the games. I think worst case scenario, though, is you have to go and play Carl Castleton 
or Kyle, whatever, Castleton. Colin Castleton. From, yeah, Kyle Castleton from Florida. Good night. I do not like that guy. And with Walker's shoulder being even a little bit dinged up, I mean, he's been dominating Walker when Walker was just fine. I think that's a tough matchup, and I will be a massive Aggie fan. Catch me in my maroon with a Lassie dog hat on in class back row. Yeah, I, I think uh, a potential rematch against Colin Castleton is the last thing that we want to see, especially with Walker's injury. But something that I have, something that I really noticed against, you know, against Mississippi State, it was kind of his first game with the brace. And that that is there's something to be said about learning to play with that brace. I mean, it's it's different. I mean, it, it restricts your range of movement. You have to put a lot more effort into putting your arms up. It's really hot. It's different. It's a lot of getting used to. Second game, it was like in the, the Mississippi State game, he just wasn't really going for as many blocks. Whereas against South Carolina, he was he was going for blocks, but he wasn't swinging his arms, which was something that I know. It was like all of his block, and it, you could tell that he was protecting his shoulder because it was you know, the, the chances that your shoulder's going to go out when your arm is straight and you go straight is less than if you're swinging your arm. And so that was something that you could kind of, when you can kind of look and, you know, just kind of see the different, how he's kind of growing and learning to do all that. It'll be interesting to see if against Castleton he would really go for as many blocks as he has the past two games or he's just going to try and, you know, play defense and hope that the guy misses. But you know, I think that you could you could make the argument, and this is something it would be a little unconventional. But with how Jabari has been, like that's something that's something that's been a little underrated. Jabari's defense the past two to three games has been elite. I mean, it has been locked down. He has made some crazy plays. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to try and put Jabari on Castleton a couple times if we play Florida, because like we know, we know Walker can't guard him. Like, we, we know that. Like, Walker's problem, he can dominate bigs with kind of a, a lesser technique. But when he plays a really technically sound big, he struggles. And that's fine. You know, everyone has their struggles. But that's all Castleton has going for him. Like, Castleton, the only reason why he is good at basketball is because he is technically sound and he draws fouls. Walker's biggest problem is fouling guys and you know, going up against technically sound people. He's okay if they are the same strength level as him, and Castleton is le- Castleton's not the strongest guy, so a lot of the time he has to maneuver, you know, use his footwork, all that. I would say that Jabari really, as a defender, matches up better against Castleton than Kessler does. Now, obviously, it's, you know, positional, and Castleton is always in the paint, so that's kind of the tougher thing. But I think that'd be an interesting thing to see is see how Jabari could play defense on him. That could be a potential thing that we see kind of trying to avoid putting Walker on Castleton every single game. Um, another thing against South Carolina that I thought was just kind of a really underrated thing that nobody is talking about. So we all know Alan Flanagan has gotten he's gotten a tough rap from a lot of the fans. He's had a tough situation. He's coming in from a tough injury to come back from hasn't been the same player he was last season you can see the frustration on him he's still playing good defense but another thing his rebounding is so good and that that's something that people really aren't talking about you know everyone talks about Devin's rebounding and all that 
Devin gets rebounds because he's just more athletic than people and he's jumping higher than everybody. Allen actually is getting rebounds where it's like he was in the right position, he's boxing out somebody and he's jumping up and just ripping it from them. Like Allen gets Allen and Jabari both kind of have that that specialty of getting tough rebounds. And that's something, you know, he had he only had four rebounds against South Carolina, but all of them were like that was a really good rebound. So I think that's another thing that you know, people calling for, you know, Allen to maybe, you know, come off the bench and kind of lead that bench unit in the quote-unquote scoring along with uh, WGGA and having Devin kind of go into the starting job. But Allen's defense and rebounding really fits what the starting lineup is trying to do. So that is why Allen is still the starter because Allen is just a better basketball player than Devin Cambridge. So I think that was just something to kind of make a note of. But I think that that can kind of, I mean, obviously we don't want to spend too much time just kind of talking about the regular season games when we know kind of what's on the horizon. Obviously, SEC tournament coming up this week. The bracket was, um, it was interesting, I would say. I, I would not say that it was an ideal situation for Auburn. You know, after, you know, in 2019, Auburn had a perfect bracket. I mean, everyone, you could kind of see, the writing on the wall, you could see everything falling into place that 2019 was the ideal bracket for Auburn. Obviously, Auburn ran the table, won the championship, you know, the rest is history. So, Auburn's side of the bracket, for those who don't know, so Auburn's the one seed, Arkansas is the four. So, if the highest seed wins every matchup, Auburn would be playing Arkansas in the semifinals and then playing the winner, Tennessee, Kentucky in the semifinals. Auburn got lucky, I think, with a little bit of it. But so Auburn will play the winner of Florida and Texas A&M. And then Arkansas will play, in all likelihood, LSU. Because LSU will be playing the winner of Missouri and Ole Miss. Neither one of those teams is beating LSU. So, honestly, this is something. Auburn could have a rematch with LSU in the semifinals. With how LSU has been playing recently, I mean, they beat Alabama at their home floor. Their last game, they lost to Arkansas by one point. They're going to have a rematch against them. We all know Will Wade, his teams usually do pretty well in the SEC tournament. I think that it's not a sure thing that Auburn plays Arkansas in the semifinals, but obviously Auburn would much rather play Texas A&M over Florida. And this is something that I've seen a lot of fans talk about that I'd love to hear your opinion on. A lot of fans love the idea of a revenge tour and playing all of our conference losses again in the tournament and the idea of beating all those teams again. And obviously, or beating all those teams because we couldn't do it the first time. And obviously, that's nice. You know, that would feel good, whatever. My personal opinion, I don't want to see Florida. I don't want to see Arkansas. And quite frankly, I'm fine with seeing – I would rather see Tennessee over Kentucky, but I would rather Texas A&M against Florida because we match up better than them. I would rather LSU over Arkansas because we match up better against them. So personally, I'm looking at who I think will be an easier win. And while I think we can beat, I think that if we play Florida, which I personally think we will, I think if we play Florida in the quarterfinals, I think we'll win that game. I think we can beat Arkansas. But I would prefer to play the easier teams. But I'd love to hear your opinion on, would you rather play the easier teams or would you rather kind of have that that emotion and that revenge tour kind of mindset in this specific tournament. Because, you know, like we kind of said, winning the SEC tournament is not an essential thing for the NCAA tournament. Obviously, in the NCAA tournament, you always want to play the easier teams. 
Well, something like the SEC, are you in the camp of you want to get the revenge or are you in the camp of let's have our easiest road to the championship? All right, let me ask you this, and then it will explain my answer. <clears throat> Do people refer to the 2019 Auburn basketball run in the tournament as the run that beat all the Blue Bloods or the run that went to the Final Four? We what don't. Do we don't like. You, you don't say. You say the the Final Four team. You don't say yeah. the team that beat the Blue Bloods. I mean, when you start talking yeah. about the tournament, you'll say, oh, yeah, they beat the Blue Bloods. That, same thing. You're not going to talk about this team and say, oh, the team that went on the revenge tour of the teams that beat them. You're going to say the SEC champions. So, yeah, I want the easier road. Why would you want a harder road? Thing is, we've already beaten Florida once this year. Like, what, what are you going to go prove that you can beat when they have, you know, Castleton on a game that he just played 24 hours before. Okay. Like, who cares? I don't. Uh, what are you going to say? Oh, they beat Note. Okay. Like, who cares? Jalen Williams got a block call against us. Big whoop. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, I want the easiest road possible. Uh, I think we match up way better with Texas A&M than with Florida. So, yeah. I want to play Texas A&M. Um, I think it was a win uh, that we don't have any of our big rivals because I think that that's a tougher... If you're playing, you know, even if Georgia's a Cinderella, I mean, that's not going to happen, but you know what I'm saying. Georgia, Alabama, uh, Tennessee or Kentucky, I feel like those are the teams in the SEC that Auburn would consider somewhat rivals. Bruce definitely considers Tennessee a rival. Kentucky now considers us a rival, I think. At least their fans do. I mean, they had the most butthurt fan base I've ever heard. They literally got mad at the SEC Network post because Auburn celebrated a regular season championship. They were like, oh, that's so lame that you celebrated a championship. What? Can you imagine if Kentucky won the SEC East in football? What they would do? They would burn Lexington to the ground. Absolutely burn it down. That I mean, and that's not even comparable now because Auburn's way better at basketball than Kentucky is at football. So, yeah, it's ridiculous that they think that it's, you know, oh, hoity-toity, we would never celebrate a championship. Well, y'all might want to start because you hadn't won one in a little while. You know? I mean, you got all this hoity-toity of, oh, we would never celebrate. Yeah, because you don't ever win. Like, you're always in second place. Good job. First place loser. Well, in this case, second place loser <laughs> behind Tennessee. So, no. Yeah. I think a dream road here is you go and you play uh, Texas A&M on Friday. Wake up Saturday morning, play an LSU team that's played back-to-back games whose game is defense. You know how hard it is to play defense on your third game in three days? Mm-hmm. Elite defense, you know, where it's all about effort against a team like Auburn that can attack you in a lot of different ways. That's a great matchup for us. Way better than playing a really good Arkansas team that, you know, has only played one game, just same as you. Um, and then championship, heck, I, I'm hoping for an upset somewhere. Now, do I want to play an Alabama team that has run the table on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Because that means that they are hot. I mean, screaming hot. That wouldn't be ideal. I'd prefer for that to not happen. Anybody else, though, that's an upset? 
South Carolina running the table. Can you imagine how fun that would be? We'd smoke them. I mean, absolutely smoke them on Sunday. Mississippi State, we'd smoke them. It'd be sad what we did to that team. And then, like you said, I think Tennessee is the game that you want over Kentucky. I don't think you want to play Kentucky with Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler playing the whole game. I don't. I don't think you want it to be a situation where Kentucky's trying to prove their dominance in the SEC with their fan base and have probably more than half the arena. Because I don't know about – how do you feel like Auburn fans are going to travel to this? Because the impression that I get is that a lot of people are saving their money for later tournament games. And yeah, that that's what I'm that's what I'm the most worried about is that people are gonna want they would prefer to go to kind of like a you know, they would rather go to two games in the NCAA tournament as opposed to potentially three in the SEC tournament. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how well we're gonna travel. Um, I hope we do. I don't know that Tampa is necessarily an Auburn town. I mean, just from my experience in going to Auburn, I know of one person that moved to Tampa. Uh, that's not great odds. You know, if this is in Nashville, I'm like, oh, like we'll have a competitive amount of fans, even though Kentucky would also have a lot of fans. Like that's the other thing. Why is this being played in Tampa? Who yeah, has I mean, any, who has any fans in Tampa other than Florida? Like, I guess even maybe Florida though, but like Gainesville is not that close to Tampa. Like it, no. it's not a, I mean, it's not real prime for the SEC. Yeah. I think Birmingham. Atlanta, Nashville. That's three cities off the top of my head that are significantly better than Tampa. It's kind of like they had the game in St. Louis, too. No one has fans there. Why are they picking these horrendous cities? Like, do you know how many more tickets you would sell if you sold? I mean, and how much more fun it would be. I would pay a lot of money to go to a Birmingham SEC tournament. Like, especially on a week where... Auburn's on spring break. I don't know if Alabama's on spring break. That'd be so fun. Like, that would be a super fun thing. Or Nashville. I think a lot of people would pay to go to Nashville. Tampa? Like, it's not even a fun city to go to. It's on the wrong side of, I mean, it's on, I guess it's on the Gulf, but nobody goes to Tampa. I don't know. It's, that's just a lame-o. I think even Miami. Like, if you want to go Florida, go to Miami. Or even Jacksonville. At least Jacksonville is somewhat close to Gainesville and Athens and Auburn. But Tampa? Yeah, it's like if you're if you're gonna go far away like Tampa, like that at a place that's probably not gonna be huge SEC country, I mean go to Miami. And even though Miami probably has more SEC fans than Tampa does, or like you said, Jacksonville that's, you know, at least a couple fan bases are somewhat close to it, but yeah, I, I think that the, the whole Tampa thing is just an interesting one. But with, with this, you know, we, you know, obviously we want to win the SEC tournament, but just in case we don't, I'm just going to read. I mean, this is a lot of teams that win national championships do not make, do not win their conference tournament. So I'm thinking, you know, Baylor last season, obviously they didn't win their conference tournament. Uh, 2020. Nobody won their conference tournament because there wasn't a tournament. Uh, Virginia, they lost in the conference championship. Um, Villanova in 18, I think, I think, I think they may have won it. 
Uh, 17, North Carolina didn't win it. 16, Villanova didn't win it. 15, Duke didn't win it. 14, Connecticut didn't win it. Like, just going back, like, when you – and, you know, you look at a lot of those, you know, a lot of those teams were in the Big East and the ACC, really competitive conferences. Like, that's how the SEC is right now. Like, no one looks back on, you know, like, no one looks back on that 2014 Connecticut team and even cares that they lost to Providence in the championship because they're like, Providence was a good team. And Connecticut won on to win the or went on to win it all that year. Like if Auburn, let's say, loses to Tennessee in the championship and then makes a run in March, no one's going to remember the SEC tournament because they're like Tennessee was a good team and Auburn ended up proving it in March. So that's really what matters is it's just because you lose in the SEC tournament because the SEC tournament really isn't. It it's similar to March Madness in a sense, but at the same time, it's really not because in March Madness you're not playing three straight, you're not playing three games in three days, you know. Like, you have a little bit of time off, so uh, the, the SEC tournament is all about who gets hot that week. And with that being said, you look at some of the teams that have the potential to get the hottest quick. Um, and, you know, obviously Auburn matches up super well against Alabama, but it is nice that Alabama's not in our, you know, not in our, uh, you know, uh, section of the bracket. So if Alabama gets stupid hot, Kentucky's got up, you know, put them down. And obviously I think Kentucky can and will, but, you know, it's just, it's nice that the teams that can get the hottest, I mean, we know what Florida and Texas A&M can do. Even if they're hot, we know that they're not going to get crazy hot. Those teams can't beat anyone in the conference. Whereas Alabama, if they play their best game, they can beat most of the teams in the conference. Texas A&M and uh, Florida can't say the same. Also, what is... You know, just a little bit of SEC bracketology. What is an upset that you could see happening, and who is a team that you think could make a Cinderella run to either the quarterfinals or the semifinals? All right, so looking at the bracket, first game on Wednesday night uh, will be Ole Miss versus Missouri. I don't see either one of those teams making a Cinderella run. I see both of those teams getting waxed by LSU the very next day. Yeah, so for those that don't know, there have been runs where someone started on Wednesday and won an SEC championship. Uh, I know Georgia did it one time. So, I mean, it is possible to happen, but that was also back when the SEC was kind of garbage at basketball. Um, and so it's harder to see that happening when you're you got to go through a bunch of good teams. Georgia-Vanderbilt. I mean, what is a send to the semifinals? Yeah, no, I don't see either one of those teams because I can see Vanderbilt beating Georgia fairly easily. Like, I feel like I feel pretty confident in that. I think Vanderbilt could beat Alabama just depending on how Alabama's shooting that night and depending on how Scottie Pippen Jr. is playing. Do I see Vanderbilt beating Kentucky? Uh, no, I, I just don't see a way that that happens. Like, I'm just thinking through. I don't see a way that it happens. Think about the way that they played against Auburn. They had their best game of the season against Auburn and still got waxed by 20 points. Now, granted, Auburn was at home, but still, tough and game. And Jabari Smith scored 31 points. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on South Carolina. I think Because I think if you say LSU, that's not a Cinderella run. Like, they're the five seed. So, yeah, they're playing an extra day, but they were right there. 
I mean, they're the five seed and the first four seeds are the ones that get the double bye. So, like, that's not a Cinderella run. I don't see Florida doing a Cinderella. Auburn won the, SEC, Auburn won the SEC tournament as the five seed, and nobody really thought it was a Cinderella kind of thing. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, LSU winning, that's an easy pick of somebody, you know, that's going to be a Cinderella. But if you want a true, what I would consider a Cinderella, it's either going to be South Carolina, Florida, or Texas A&M. I don't think Alabama can really be considered a Cinderella either uh, as a team that's beaten, a, you know, multiple top five teams. That's not going to shock anybody. Nobody's going to see, oh, Alabama's making a run. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like, everybody knows that if Alabama's hot, they have the potential to beat whoever, you know, weak sauce comes to them, whether Georgia or Vandy, smack them, and then equal one out against Kentucky. And then, heck, if Mississippi State beats Tennessee and South Carolina, then you got Alabama, Mississippi State. Like, that's an easy road to the championship for them. Now, granted, that would be a big, big time for Mississippi State. But even if South Carolina beats Mississippi State and Tennessee and then they play Alabama, like Alabama winning that, it's not shocking anybody. So, yeah, I'm going to go South Carolina, Cinderella, sleeper pick. Don't think Texas A&M has it in them. Every time they've played somebody good, they've gotten thumped. Other than that one time when Kentucky came to town, and it was a whiteout in their own arena. No shot they do that. Uh, neutral site. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on the South Carolina pick. I think that South Carolina has the best shot out of anybody. I think that Vanderbilt has the best chance to surprise somebody and, and make it to that game against Kentucky. But I don't see any world where Vanderbilt beats Kentucky. So – you know, honestly, the a thing I could – I could – I mean, I could potentially see Florida, but, like, I, I don't know, man. I just really don't think that we'll lose to Florida. I mean, I, I really don't – I just don't think that – I think that they're – they needed a career game from Appleby and a really solid game from Castleton at home, raucous environment when we didn't play particularly well. I think we're playing better now. I think in a neutral site, I just I just can't see them beating us uh, on a neutral floor. So I, I'm really not not super worried about that first game. Now that second game against potentially Arkansas or LSU, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if it was LSU than Arkansas. But I think that we we can win. But that's the thing: we can win this tournament, and it's not. I don't think I'll be we'll be super surprised if we do win this tournament. But I did want to bring up the fact that if we don't, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. And so I, I think that winning one to two games would be really nice if nothing else, just for the fact that we can, you know, kind of secure a one seed in the NCAA tournament. You know, I think that if we, we make the, the title game, I think we'll, I think we'll be a one seed. So I think that would be nice. I think it'll be good to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. It's tough to, it's tough to win it when you're not. It's tough to win it if you're like anywhere really either a one or if if you're not a one or a two, you know history says it's kind of tougher to win it. So, you know I, I think that securing a one seed in the NCAA tournament is the most important thing. And obviously we want to win the SEC tournament, but everyone would much rather win an NCAA tournament or an 
you know, or a Final Four appearance over an SEC tournament win. So I think that's so, kind of where we are. All right, I've got two questions before we wrap it up here. Two hypothetical questions for you. All right, first one involves the SEC tournament, and this is credit to Auburn memes. For those who have, you know, not seen this on Twitter, got this from Auburn memes, go vote in his poll. Very interesting question, though. Would you rather win the SEC tournament and get booted in the Sweet 16 or lose in the SEC tournament any round but make it to the Elite Eight? SEC tournament. Over Elite Eight, for sure. I SEC agree. tournament, you actually get hardware. Elite Eight means nothing compared. Like, Elite Eight and Sweet 16 are the exact same thing when it comes to actual hardware. Now, if that question was Final Four and not Elite Eight, I'd pick the Final Four. Over. All right, well, let's adjust it. You lose and you make it to the Final Four, but you win and make it to the Elite Eight. I'm taking Final Four. Final Four, going to the Final Four is something that is program defining. Like, Elite Eight, people don't, people don't remember, like, when you make a Final Four, you get a trophy for it for winning your like region. So a you get hardware to put in the you know the what you call the little hall that Auburn has you know. So that looks good, and that kind of is the equivalent of the hardware that we would get from an SEC championship in the tournament. We already have an SEC regular season championship. We're already putting a banner up there in Neville Arena. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, a Final Four makes your recruiting sound better because. Like, recruits don't care about winning an SEC tournament, you know? Like, you're not going to say, oh, look, we won the SEC tournament. Come to our program because you can win it all. Well, no, because an SEC tournament doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Making the Final Four, you're if you make the Final Four, you could you are good enough to win a national championship. And you saw how our recruiting drastically changed after making our, you know, the first Final Four in program history our recruiting, all of a sudden, it was like, okay, top 10, top 20, top 30 guys, we're in their, you know, their, their final list of schools regularly. And, you know, that can kind of – you got to be able to ride the wave on, you know. Like Frank Martin at South Carolina, he made a Final Four, but it was like, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like when years kind of go by, that becomes less shiny and less new. But if you make another Final Four, it kind of resets the clock, and then all of a sudden – all the guys that are in high school now are going to be able to say they remember watching Auburn, you know, make the final four there, you know, whatever. You know, the guys that are seniors right now, they remember watching Auburn in the final four. But it's like, if you're a freshman right now, it's like, okay, you know, if you're class of what, what would it be, 2025, I think? So if you're, if you're a freshman in high school, you're like, okay, like Auburn last went to the final four when I was in middle school. But these other schools that I'm considering, they made the Final Four when I was a junior, senior, whatever, in high school. But if they can say, I've watched Auburn in the Final Four in high school when they were getting calls from college and everything, and Bruce Pearl calls them and says, look, we made the Final Four last week, come to Auburn, we want you, whatever. I think that has more of an effect on a recruit than an SEC tournament does. I agree. Um, Okay, next question, next hypothetical would you rather be the last one seed and have a horrible tournament placement or be the number one two seed 
and play in the North Carolina bracket. Well, so who would, who would be the one seed in this potential scenario? You can pick whoever. So, like, if I'm – I'd be fine – being a two seed, I'd be perfectly fine being a two seed if Baylor was our – was the one seed in our bracket. You know? So, if it was that, I'd be, I'd be fine with being a two. And, honestly, like, a lot of it just depends. There are certain teams – and we can just go straight – I mean, there, there are certain teams that I don't want to see in March. You know? Like, I, I don't want to see Texas Tech. I don't want to see – really, I don't want to see anyone from the Big East. So, I don't want to see Villanova, Providence, UConn, Marquette, Seton Hall. I don't want to see any of those guys. Creighton, I don't want to see any of those teams. If we could avoid that, that would be ideal. Um, obviously, you ideally, you don't want to play Arkansas, Tennessee, or Kentucky just because you've played them before. You know, it's, it's more fun to play new teams. Texas Tech is someone I don't want to see. Um, wouldn't want to see Duke. Uh, another thing that scares me about Duke is not it's not just because I think they're good, but it's the fact that it's Coach K's last year, you know, and it's it, with the way sports work a lot of times is Auburn, you know, when Auburn played Duke back in 2019, you know, the 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 whistles in that game were very suspect. And that was the game where Duke, everyone, the hype was all on Duke. They were like, oh, is this the best basketball team? Is this the best college basketball team ever? He had Zion, he had RJ, he had Cam Reddish. And it was just like, it just seemed like the refs kind of wanted Duke to win that game. That's going to be the exact same feel in a March atmosphere when it's Coach K's last game. It's his farewell tour, whatever. So I don't want to see Duke. Um, and I, I'd be okay with seeing Gonzaga, but I would rather it be later down the down the road. But Baylor, if Baylor was a one seed in that division, I'd be perfectly fine with it. But I would rather play, I'd rather be the two seed in Baylor's division than be the one seed in a division that has Texas Tech, Providence, Villanova, et cetera. Okay, so right now Joe Lenardi has Auburn in the Greenville. Uh, like first round in Greenville as a two seed, and I th- I personally think looking at his bracket, I think that the two line is stronger than the one line. I know that that's a really odd statement to make, but I do. Right now at the two line, he has Auburn, he has Kentucky, he has Duke and Wisconsin. I personally think that that's a better line than Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, Arizona. Kansas got run out the gym on their home court by number two seed, Kentucky. We saw Baylor get run out of the gym against Alabama, who Auburn beat twice, like a drum one of the two times. Okay, Uh, Arizona had, I think, two games where they kind of got whipped up on. And then you have Gonzaga. Yeah, and you have Gonzaga losing in their conference, in one of the worst conferences in the country. So, yeah, okay, here we go. They played Colorado and lost by 16. They lost to UCLA, no shame in that. Still lost by 16, though, and lost to Tennessee by four. Again, no shame in losing to Tennessee by four. Losing two games by 16 points, one of them against a unranked Colorado team. Is Colorado in the NCAA tournament? Uh, 19 and 10? 
It's going to be close. They make some noise in the Pac-12 tournament, which would be yeah. serious noise because there are not a ton of uh, super great resume wins sitting in that tournament. Yeah, no, they are not in Lenardi's. Uh, I mean, I think they got to be an automatic bid. They're not in the first four out or the next four out. Um, it's kind of tough in the next four out. You've got Florida and Texas A&M. And so, I mean, they're going to play each other, and they'd have to get an upset against Auburn to get in. Yeah. So, you know, tough scene. But, I mean, that's kind of where you are right now is is with that, I think that the two lines better than the one line. Uh, and that's a really weird thing to say, but just based off of who's played the basketball and who's beaten who in this basketball season, I think, I mean, the the two line has the record over the one line. Like every single, there's not a single game that the ones have played against the twos and won. Didn't Duke beat Gonzaga too? Yes. Yeah. So that's another two that beat a one. So that means that every single two that played a one beat them. And there's not a single game where a one played a two and beat them. In that specific, you know, bracket. uh, Yeah. Scenario. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, at what point are you going to, be like this is odd that you shouldn't have that happening that's fair but uh, i mean obviously you're going to look at you know you're going to look at gonzaga and it's tough because they i mean they lost to alabama they lost to duke and that's really the only losses that are going to matter in the tournament i don't think that i mean if they have a rematch against saint mary something is going to be very strange in that bracket but i think that so, so who are the teams that you, you know, obviously we don't want to say fear, but w- what teams, if you could name three teams that you just flat out do not want to see in March Madness, what three teams are you picking? So, like you said, I don't think I want to play Texas Tech. Um, we just don't match up very well with Texas Tech. They're a really run-and-going type of style. Well, they can um, beat anybody in the country. They can beat anybody in the country. Don't want to play UConn again, honestly. Um, didn't love that matchup the first time. Really don't love it the second time. Um, and like you said, I'd, I'd prefer to not play Duke solely because of the, you know, Coach K getting all the calls. But those, those and I, I guess like Villanova, I don't know. So right now, if everything ended today, okay, Auburn would play Colgate in, in the first game. All right. A two versus 15 matchup. That ought well, to be we, not. We uh, we played Colgate in, what was it, 2018? Yes. I think we played them in some preseason tournament or something. Or uh, early season tournament. Yeah. So they played them before. That's not bad. Then you play the winner of Marquette, Miami. Um, I mean, those are, those are both teams that you should beat. Marquette, obviously, that'd be a tough out. Big East team. Um. And, I mean, just look at – you've got a really good bracket here. Then the other teams that you have the potential to play going into an elite – or a Sweet 16 is Purdue or Montana State. Okay, that's going to be Purdue. Or St. Mary's or Loyola Chicago. You've already beaten Loyola Chicago this year. St. Mary's, they're not sneaking up on anybody. You go and beat Gonzaga, everybody's going to know who you are. All right? So, yeah, I mean, that's a win. Other teams in your bracket, you have Chattanooga. They're probably not going to make it to, you know, a Final Four situation. 
or a Elite Eight situation where you'd play them. Providence is good. Texas is okay. There's no one in that bracket that you fear, though. North Carolina is not going to make it to the Elite Eight. They're on the top of the bracket because they can't string together enough consistent performances to make it to the Elite Eight. Like, they are a step up from Alabama, but the exact same team in that they're either getting beat by 20 and their effort looks terrible or everything's falling and they look like the best team that's ever played basketball. They were able to do that on Saturday, able to beat Duke. They also got rocked by Duke earlier this year. So, you know. Yeah, and I, I would definitely say, you know, it's kind of the opposite of in football is I would love to see a Big Ten team. Like, yes. how Auburn is in football, whenever we play the Big Ten, we always lose. I don't know what it is. We always struggle with them. But in basketball, especially this season, the Big Ten is very star heavy. So you look at, I mean, you look at Purdue, Without Jaden Ivey, that team is nowhere as good as they are right now. You look at Wisconsin. Without Johnny Davis, that team is nowhere as close as they are right now. Uh, Keegan Murray at Iowa, Kofi Coburn at uh, Illinois. Um, trying to think one more. But uh, EJ Liddell at Ohio State. So it's like all those guys, it's like Auburn usually does pretty well when it's a team that just has an absolute star. You know, usually that – specific star doesn't just tear Auburn up. Usually when Auburn plays a team with one guy that is kind of the the star of the show, Auburn does a pretty good job of limiting that player. So I like our matchups and uh, I like our matchups in the Big Ten, but obviously we'll probably come back um, for our next episode probably next week, either Sunday night or Monday kind of daytime whatever it'll either we'll, the next time we come back we'll be able to break down the sec tournament and be able to talk about our ncaa bracket as that'll be right after selection sunday um but yeah i hope you guys uh enjoyed this little sec tournament talk um if you guys have any questions comments or concerns feel free to dm the page thank you all for listening and war eagle war eagle